praising Him. That's the way you feel this morning. Let's put our hands together. Let's clap our hands, worship Him, glorify Him. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we honor you. We give you praise. Amen, amen. God bless you. Let's look at Psalm 73, the 73rd Psalm. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3. Uh, one, once again, so glad you're here. And God knows all things. And uh, so the comments that Brother Brown had out of the refining fire, talking about that out of Isaiah uh, this morning, play right into what's going to be uh, ministered uh, this morning here in church. Psalm 73, verses 1 through 3, if you would stand just out of respect of the Word of God for just a couple moments. Now, just before I read this scripture, I want to tell you that this is a psalm that is written by an, an individual by the name of Asaph. He uh, is or was a Levite, a musician that was appointed by David to lead the choir. In modern day terms, he was like a worship leader or a choir director. With that in mind, look at Psalm 73, verses 1 through 3. He says, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as of our, are of a clean heart. Now, on that verse, you can shout. On that verse, you can praise Him. On that verse, you know, listen to it again. Truly God is good to Israel. Maybe I could say it like this. Truly God is good to the church. Truly God is good to the people of God. Amen? But then we get to verse 2. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He's talking about all the church shouting, praising God, but in the middle of all that praising, in the middle of all that's going on, my feet almost slipped. I want to preach from this thought today. Then I understood. Then I understood. Lord Jesus, thank you once again. We are so grateful to be in your house, to be able to love you, worship you, and glorify you. We're asking your blessing upon this message and everyone that hears it, God, that it would touch each and every individual according to their need this morning. Because you know us. You know the hairs that are on our head. You know us intimately. God, you even know us better than we know ourselves. So with that in mind, God, I'm asking that you would tailor make this message to the heart and life of every person that is here for whatever they need this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. you may be seated. So now Asaph, in the next several verses, verses 4 through 10, he begins to describe how the people of the world seem to be blessed. And as he, as another of God's people, seem to struggle. So I'd like to kind of go through this verse by verse for a few moments. It says in verse 11, And they say, How doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Remember, Asaph is lodging his complaint to God. He is saying to God that 
I looked out and I saw the prosperity of the wicked. I saw how it seems like people in the world are better off than people in the church. And then he, he begins to elaborate. And they say, how doth God know? In other words, he's kind of asking, how does God know? How does God understand where I am? And there is knowledge. And is there knowledge, he says, is there knowledge in the most holy? In a sense, it was almost like Asaph was saying, I see this inequity that is going on. But I'm not sure that God sees it. This is one of those psalms. This is one of those records in the Word of God where somebody is just trying to be honest with God and trying to be honest with his situation. And so I see what's going on, but I'm not sure God hears my prayer. I'm not sure that God sees my plight. I'm not sure that God sees what I'm going through. The next verse says, Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase with riches. In a sense, Asaph was again saying, I, I, I have a hard time believing that I can put all this that I can put into serving God, into worshiping and loving Him and supporting the kingdom of God, but it seems like people in the world are blessed above those that are in the church. He says they increase in riches. And be honest, we have to be honest this morning. Sometimes we all have a problem with that. And maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but sometimes I look out at the world and I see the ungodliness and the sin, and it just seems like people in the world are blessed sometimes above the people of God. Verse 13 says, Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain. In other words, he's saying, you know what? Uh, I, I've been praying. I've been talking to God. I've been worshiping. I've been doing, I've been going through all the motions. I've been doing all the right things. But I feel like, I feel like I've been doing it in vain. Are you still with me? Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain. I washed my hands in innocency. He goes further, for all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. The next verse says, if I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. In verse 15, it's very key because it's almost like uh, Asaph is saying, if I complain, uh, people aren't going to understand. Uh, if I complain about my situation, it's almost like I'm offending the people of God because I'm telling the truth. Uh, everybody's trying to just kind of gloss over it and say everything's all right. You come with that painted on smile to church when sometimes your world is falling apart uh, and and Asaph is saying, uh, but I, if I speak up about this, uh, if I talk about the inequity, if I talk about what it seems like really is going on in our lives, now it's almost like I offend the people of God. They don't understand. He goes on, verse 16. 
He says, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. If some of us sat down with a spreadsheet and put the blessings of God on one side and the other things that happen in our life on the other side, sometimes the scale is going to tip the wrong way. Sometimes our life is falling apart when it seems like the blessings of God somehow aren't on the scale. They're not, they're not there, and it just seems like everything's leaning one way, and it's leaning away from the things of God, and it's leaning towards hurt and pain and anxiety and all those things. And so he says, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. In other words, uh, I couldn't, there was so much pain in my life uh, that I even had a hard time bringing this to God. Uh, There was so much going on in me that I, I, I wanted to talk to God about it, but it was too painful. Verse 17, this is where it all changes. He says, until I went into the sanctuary. Oh. I already see it on some of your faces today until I went into the sanctuary. You see, I was seeing all this, and I, I, I was absorbing it. I, I, it, was, it was hitting my heart like, like sharp, jagged st- uh, 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 blades that thrust into my heart because it, I was hurt so bad. The pain and the tears and the anxiety and the trouble that was in me, I, I looked out and I said, hey, I, this doesn't seem right. I'm a child of God. I should be blessed. When he was thinking about that and when he was pondering the pain that came, then he said, I walked into the house of God. Then, then understood I their end. He said, when I walked into the house of God, all of a sudden something happened inside of me. I was home having a pity party. I was home, uh, I, you know, it, 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 well, I was all alone, but it was a pity party nonetheless. And I was throwing myself this great pity party. And I, I had my cake and I had my frosting and I had my, uh, you know, I, all the streamers were set up and the, the candles were lit. And I was throwing myself this awesome pity party. And I was complaining to God and I was complaining about my circumstances in my situation. I had this great party. I was talking, oh God, uh, why is it that all this inequity seemed? Why does it seem like the people of the world are so blessed? And I have trouble even paying my car payment. I have trouble even sometimes just paying attention because I just I'm so overwhelmed by this, but then he said, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in the moment they are utterly consumed with terrors? What he was saying is when I thought, when my feet were in that slippery place, when my feet, when I was pondering my situation, and the struggle and the trouble and the trials and the difficulty, my feet almost slipped out from underneath me. I was like I was standing on a slippery rock, and my feet almost just slipped out from underneath me. But then I walked into the house of God, and when I began to feel the presence of the Almighty again, when I began to worship the Lord again, now I begin to realize that their feet are the feet that are actually 
easily in slippery places. It's their feet. They are going swift to destruction. And I am going to be ushered into the presence of the Almighty. The people of God struggle when they look at what the world has sometimes, what they seem uh, seem to have it so easily. It's almost like they are blessed and we struggle. I want to read the same verses of Scripture out of the message translation. And I apologize for the length of this, but you need to hear this. And again, this is a message transliteration, actually. It says, and, and it same verses, but it's going to read differently. It says, in Asaph, Psalm, no doubt about it, God is good. Good to his people. God is the good to the good-hearted. He says, but I nearly missed it. Notice this. Notice how it says, how it speaks in here. It says, but I nearly missed it. Missed seeing his goodness. I was looking the other way, looking up to people at the top, envying the wicked who have it made, uh, who have nothing to worry about, not a care in the whole wide world, uh, pretentious with arrogance. Uh, they were they wear the latest fashions in violence, uh, pampered and overfed, decked out in silk bows of silliness. Uh, they jeer using words to kill. They bully their way with words. They're full of hot air, loud mouths disturbing the peace. People are actually listening to them. I Can you actually believe it? That Like thirsty puppies, they lap up their words. What's going on here? Is God out to lunch? Nobody's tending store. The wicked get by with everything. They haven't made piling up riches. I've even stooped to, yeah, I've even stooped to to play by their rules. Uh, what has it gotten me? He goes on, a long run of bad luck, that's what. A slap in the face every time I walk out the door. If I'd have given in, I'd talk, uh, and I talk like this, I would have betrayed uh, your dear children. Still, when I tried to figure it out, all I got was a splitting headache until I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I saw the whole picture, the slippery road you put, me, put them on uh, with the fine crash in a ditch of delusion in the blink of an eye disaster a blind curve in the dark a nightmare are you getting this Asaph is saying I almost missed it I almost slipped I almost gave in to what my heart was telling me what my brain was telling me I almost gave into it he looked and he began to what he began to assume that there was an inequity in there. It seems like God's people struggle while people who don't serve God are blessed. When, when, when he almost gave up, it was a confusion to him. He was angry. He was maybe even angry at the people of God. But then he walked into the temple. He walked into the sanctuary. It's like Asaph wrote this psalm while in captivity. 
city. Jer- Jerusalem had been uh, destroyed and the temple destroyed and they were captive in Babylon. Uh, but there was no temple to go to, no place of worship. Uh, but Asaph had a place. Uh, he had a sanctuary. He had a place uh, where he was able to go to God uh, and he began to worship. Uh, can I tell somebody here this morning, sometimes you just got to leave your troubles at the door. Sometimes you got to leave your situation outside and just come into the house of God and begin to worship. I hope you understand where I'm coming from today because, oh my God, the Lord is talking to me right now. I remember the time that God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I remember like it was yesterday. I remember the joy and the peace and the awesomeness of what I felt when God filled me with His Spirit. But sometimes I forget about that. Oh, somebody help me out this morning. How many of you remember what it was like when God baptized you with his spirit? How many of you remember what it was like when God delivered you and God set you free? I remember it like it was yesterday, but there are some days where, Brother brother Shaw, I have a hard time remembering it because everything seems to be piling on. It seems like this is happening and that is happening, and, and, and if I had a dog, my dog would run away. I mean, everything seems like it's just going the wrong way. If I had a cat, my cat would probably run up my leg and claw me in the face. I mean, it was just nothing's going right. But then, but then, oh, Jesus, I remember what it was like to feel the Holy Ghost. I remember what it was like when God delivered me from drugs and cigarettes. I remember what it was like when God turned my life around. I remember when I go into the house of God and I get a fresh touch of His Spirit. I get a fresh anointing. I get a fresh blessing from God. Now I can square my shoulders and say, you know what? This is going to work out. Come on, somebody, stand to your feet and praise the Lord. Somebody, stand to your feet and shout praise to the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Praise yourself. Praise yourself out of that trouble. Praise yourself out of that situation. Praise yourself into the presence of God. In the name of Jesus, touch our hearts today. Help us to see it, God. Help us to understand it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You you may be seated. You see, what was going on in Abe's house live is he was looking at all of this and it was weighing on his shoulders like a ton of bricks and he had to literally kind of drag himself. Uh, maybe you haven't ever been there, but but every once in a while it seems like you just got to kind of drag yourself to church. You got to push yourself out the door. You got to push yourself to get into the car. You got to push yourself to get out of the car. It's almost like there's just a ton of weight on your shoulders and you got to 
push yourself because you think, why am I going to bother going to the house of God? He doesn't seem like he hears my prayer. He doesn't seem like he sees my situation. But you push yourself and you get into his presence. And all of a sudden now, you're starting to walk straighter. You're starting to feel better. You're starting to feel encouraged. Why? Because you've just walked into the holy presence of an almighty God. And can I remind somebody this morning, there's nothing that is too hard for him. He can heal you. He can deliver you. He can set you free. There's nothing too hard for him. And some people would say, but God doesn't see my financial situation. God doesn't see my physical situation. Oh, yes, he does. But let me tell you what's trying to happen is the enemy is trying to blind your eyes to the goodness of God. He's trying to keep you from focusing on the goodness of God and on the blessings of God. If you were really to sit down and weigh in the blessings of God over the difficulties, I assure you that God is going to weigh more. In the name of Jesus, Psalm 24, starting at verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul into vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord, the righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. When you see that word Selah, it means you need to stop. Don't keep reading. Don't go to the next verse. Don't go to the next chapter. When you see that word Selah, he means go back and read it again and listen to what you just heard. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. When you learn how to seek God, when it seems like you are in hot water, when you learn to seek God, when it seems like it's upside down and going the wrong way, when you learn to seek Him through, hear me, through your circumstance, beyond your circumstance, beyond your trouble, beyond, oh, somebody better hear me today. When you learn to seek God through it all, I know what it's like. Some days it seems like you're beating your head against a cement wall. Some days it feels like everything is uphill. And it's not just a small hill. It's a huge hill. You know, the older I get, the harder it is to walk uphill. I like downhill. And I like flat. 
but I don't like uphill. But some days it's all uphill. Oh, my, 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 Jesus. Some days it just seems like, Lord, this hill is never going to end. You get about halfway up and think it's starting to level out, and it gets steeper. Uh, maybe you don't know what it's like. My, you know, some days it just seems like, God, where are you? You all don't have that. That happens to me quite often. But it don't happen to you, I don't think, does it? Anybody hearing what this preacher's saying today? Some days you got to get through it. You know what the devil would have you give up? Right before everything's going to get good, the devil likes pushing it. <laughs> right before you're going to break through that wall into victory and peace and God's goodness and God's grace, right before you can get to that place where you can feel his presence again, that's when the enemy comes in and he stands between you and God and he says, I'm not going to let you get there. And he pours on more trouble and more situation. And, and, and by the way, and you need to hear this as well, many times it's actually true. But sometimes it's just in our mind because the devil has a real good way of messing with your mind. And he starts talking to you about how the preacher's even against you and the church is against you. And you, you come to the house of God, you can't even feel the presence of the Lord. Somebody needs to stand up and say, Devil, you're a liar. I reject your lies in Jesus' name. You know what you need to do when that comes your way? You need to put your hand on your head and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, touch my brain, touch my stinking thinking, touch all that. You know what? The devil has a way of making things seem a lot worse than they really are because God is on your side and God is walking with you and he has your hand. He's walking hand in hand with you. When you get up in the morning, he's there. When you go to bed at night, he's there. You walk through the Hey, he's there with you. You don't even know how many times God has protected you from danger. Now, listen, I've had accidents. How many of you have ever had any kind of an accident or any kind of a situation that, you know, was out of your control? Now, if you had a way of knowing how many times God's hand said, uh-uh, not today. You're still not with me, I don't think. No, no, not today. You're not touching my child today. Every once in a while, I'm going to let you touch them just to remind them of my goodness, just to remind them of my, my blessings and my hand upon their life. But you're not touching them today. You're not. No, you can't get anywhere near. You can't go to 517 Farmington Avenue today. I'm not going to let you there. You can't go to that doctor's office today. You can't go to that place of work today. You can't go. I'm not going to let you out them. So you need to understand the enemy of your soul has to ask permission to touch you. He doesn't have free reign. He's not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. He's not all powerful. You've got to get this. 
you know, the devil will huff and puff and he'll try to blow your house down. <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking You know, I think I'm preaching to myself this morning. I mean, he'll huff, he'll puff, he'll try to blow your house down. But Jesus will say, uh-uh, I'm standing there with a fire extinguisher. You ain't doing it today. He's got to go through Jesus to get to you. And if he goes through Jesus to get to you, then that means Jesus say, saying, I trust you. I trust you that you're going to make it. I just wonder this morning, I got a lot more to preach about and talk about because I feel like God's really given me a message this morning. But how many of you have ever been in a situation where you felt like, uh-oh, you know what, my feet are slipping. If that ever happened to you, would you stand to your feet right now? Don't, don't worry about being honest. All right? My feet are slipping. I, I'm slipping. You know, you know what, thank you. You know what I used to do with my kids? When my kids were little, there was something I loved to do with them. It was I, I, I did it with my, with them, with my grandchild. And I, I, what happened is when, when my kids were little, I would reach down and pick them up in my arms, have them put their, their hands, their arms around my neck, and I would say to them, now hold on. You hang on. And I would pull my hands away, and I would be standing there with them holding on to my neck, and I would say, don't slip. Don't slip. Hold on. I feel your hands slipping. I feel them slipping. Don't slip. You're going to fall. You're going to hit the ground. Don't slip. And they would begin to chuckle a little bit. They would laugh, and their hands would slip a little more, and their hands would slip a little more. And I'd feel those tiny little hands on the back of my neck. And all of a sudden, they couldn't hang on anymore. And when they fell, I would reach around and grab them before they hit the ground. I would do that time and time and time again. Every one of our kids, every one of our foster kids, I would do that. You want to know it was awesome? One day when I was over and my son, he was holding his daughter, and he was doing the same exact thing. Her, her, her chubby little arms were around his neck, and he pulled his arms back saying, don't let go, don't let go, you're going to fall, you're going to fall. And when she all of a sudden slipped, he grabbed a hold of her and said, I'm going to keep you before you hit the ground. That's my God. That's what God has done for me time and time and time again. And so it's okay if you stood this morning and say, said like Asaph said, my feet almost slipped. If I can say it like this, as long it was, as it was only almost As long as that's as far as it went. But even if it went too far where you walked away from God, we have an assurance from the Lord that you could always come back to Daddy's house. You're always welcome at Daddy's house. I love the song that says, When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me. My soul cries out. Come on, somebody. 
Oh, you need to shout it better than that. The devil needs to hear it. One, at the count of three, shout hallelujah. One, two, three. On a scale of one to ten, that was a three. Any of you that have been around here long enough realize I'm brain dead, been brain dead for a long time. But you got to understand something. There's sometimes when you need to say it so loud that you send the devil right back to hell. You know, as long as you let the devil play in your pool, he will. The long, as long as you let the devil walk around in your garden, he's going to walk around. But some days you just need to let the devil know you ain't, you ain't, uh-uh, go home. Go home. Not today. I ain't messing with you today. I ain't playing with you today. I'm not hearing you today. You just need to go home. I don't care where you go. But you get out of my house. You get out of my life. You get out of my, come on, somebody. You get out of my children. You get out of my job. Come on, somebody. Hear what I'm saying. Get out. You're not welcome anymore. I'm going to serve God whether you like it or not. I'm not going to give up. So Asaph went to church and felt the presence of God. I love Psalm 61, 1 through 4. It says, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my Notice this. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the cover of your wings. And then we see another seal there. Don't just stop there. Go back and I'm going to trust in the cover of your wings. In other words, look at your neighbor and say, God's got this. Come on, elbow somebody. Not too hard, but elbow somebody and say, God's got this. Oh, come on, help me out today. I'm losing my voice and I don't care, but God's got this. Oh, I can't get past this. God has it. God's got you covered. He, he's got you taken care of. As long as you hold on long enough, one of these days you're going to get through those clouds. One of these days you're going to get through the fog. Anybody ever been in one of those times when the fog rolls in and you can barely see your hand in front of your face? I've been out on the ocean when that happens. And I want to tell you, it's scary. You hear the fog horns. You, you can hear where the water's hitting the shore. You don't know if you're going north, south, east, or west. You have no idea which way you're going and, and and it's like that fog you can put your hand right there and you can't even see anything it's almost like at that time you just got to anchor down and wait till the storm passes well maybe somebody just needs to toss the anchor out of the boat for a few minutes and wait until Jesus blows the fog away until you can see again and then you'll be able to get on your way again but always remember when you get into the presence of God God is going to have a way of dispelling 
everything that's going on. Amen. If you want help, if you want clarity, if you want guidance, if you want hope, find a place where you can worship the Lord. And not only for just a few moments, but until you get into his presence. Because remember, as I said before, there's times where the enemy of your soul is going to try to hinder you from getting into the presence of the Lord. And so sometimes you might just need to come to the house of God and walk back and forth until you wear a hole in the carpet. But you just keep walking and you keep talking and you keep praying. And you keep pursuing and getting a hold of God. You know, if you need answers to your questions, that only God can do it. Amen? I love Psalm 24, 1 through 8. It says, "If if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side. The psalmist is, look at how he repeats himself. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Then he says, Now, may Israel say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Verse 6, blessed be the Lord who hath not given us a prey to their teeth. (laughs) Our soul is escaped like the bird out of a snare of the fowlers. A snare, the snare is broken. We are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who hath made heaven and earth. I need to tell somebody here. There's sometimes, again, maybe it's only me, but there's sometimes when I seem like I can't pray. I just wonder: Is there anybody that's ever been there, where you you want to pray but you just can't pray? Well, you want to know something? There's help in the name of the Lord. So sometimes all you need to get out or can get out is Jesus. No fancy long prayers. Nothing that even sounds really fabulous other than Jesus. Because when the enemy, you know, when, when, when the enemy of your soul hears Jesus, it's like nails on the chalkboard. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody help me out. When the enemy of your soul hears Jesus, if that's all you can get out, then get out Jesus. If you can't get it out, write it down. If you can't write it down, then you know what? Get somebody that's a friend of yours to say Jesus for you. Maybe I, Maybe as they start j- saying Jesus for you. And you, you're walking it out, and they're, they're just holding your hand saying, Jesus, touch my sister. 
Jesus, touch my friend. Jesus, touch this one that's struggling. And all they're able to say is Jesus. And all they're able to say is God help them. You can't even get a word out. You can't get a word edgewise because everything is just hitting you and slapping you and you feel like you got run over by a train. But your friend is saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then sooner or later you can start saying Jesus. And then you can start walking a little faster. And then your shoulders a little more square. And you're able to say Jesus. And then you get beyond Jesus and say, Lord, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my all. Lord, take this circumstance as only you can do. Lift up mine head. Amen. Lift up my arms. Lift up my my my, my soul so that I can worship you again. Would somebody clap your hands to the Lord? There's nothing that heals and blesses like getting into God's presence. Walking into the house of God, if you let it, it's a place of rest. It's a place of peace. It's a place of love. And it's a place of mercy. I have a few places that I like to go that are a refuge for me. I can go there and I can think. I can go there and I can rest. I can go there and I can listen. And I can go there and be quiet. I can go there and hear the voice of God. But never forget when you are disappointed When you are discouraged, the Bible says that God will never leave you alone. When you feel alone, He is still there. You see, our God is not some sort of an upstart deity, He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. You know what omnipresent means? He's everywhere. Even when you don't feel him, he's there. Because there's no place that God isn't. (laughs) Well, one, one of you got that. I said there's nowhere that God isn't. And when you're there, he's already been there before you ever got there. And he's going to be there. Oh, come on, Lord Jesus. He is going to be there when you get out of that place. You may say, well, God's not going to meet me in jail. I'm sorry, he's already been there. God will never leave you. God is good. Look at your neighbor and say, God is good. Asaph is saying, I almost missed it. I was so focused on what I thought were the injustices, I almost missed God's goodness. (laughs) In other words, I've been focusing on on the wrong stuff. There's a scripture that I, I, the Lord has drawn my attention to it. I'm I'm closing. I've got more. I'll close in just a few minutes, but. There's, there's a scripture that the Lord has drawn my attention, and it's about Paul in the, in the Old Testament. I'm sorry, not Paul. <laughs> Paul in the book of Acts. And 
Paul is in prison, and he has an audience with Agrippa. And he says in verse 2, Acts chapter 26, verse 2, he says, I think myself happy, O King Agrippa. I'm in prison for an accusation of something that I didn't do. I'm not guilty. Look at your neighbor again and say, I'm not guilty. <laughs> so I'm in jail, unjust, unjustly, I'm in jail. And Paul says, I think myself happy, O King Agrippa. I've been getting water and stale bread, but I think myself happy. And the last time they slid that plate of moldy bread under the door, the rat took it. But I think myself happy, O King Agrippa. The last time they passed that bottle of water through, it looked like mud. But I think myself happy, O King Agrippa, this jail isn't going to steal my joy. That rat that keeps crawling all over my head every time I get to sleep is not going to steal my joy. I could add to that. But I think some ladies might get a little grossed out. So I think I'm going to be a little less me than normal. You see, you can choose to be mad or upset. And you can choose to think that life is unfair. Or you can think yourself happy. <laughs> I got air in my lungs. I got clothes on my back. I got a great family. I got great friends, a great church, a so-so pastor. But most importantly, I serve a God that has been good to me. All of the time I thought I was seeing things clearly, I was deceiving myself. And I want you to hear this. This is the Lord that drove this again to me this morning. He drove it home to me this morning. I want you to understand something. Self-deception is the worst deception. Because if the devil's trying to deceive you, it's easy for you to realize he's lying to you. But when you are self-deceived, when you are, oh, right, it's getting quiet in here. When you are self-deceived, it means you've sold yourself a bill of goods. You're trying to convince yourself that God's not real, that God's not good, 
that God has left you out to just float out there in the ocean somewhere without any direction, without any help. And you've sold yourself to the point that now it's self-deception. And the Lord has a hard time getting through self-deception because you've sold yourself. Uh, uh, you've convinced yourself that that's the way it is. But God and you are a majority all the time. Amen. I like what somebody posted. They posted this on Facebook recently. I, I forget who it was. But the, it says this, never judge someone based on a season. One season, David was a shepherd. The next season, he was a king. One season, Ruth was working in the field. The next season, she was the one that owned the field. One season, Mordecai was sitting outside the king's palace. The next season, he was sitting inside the palace. We serve a God who turns things around, a God of unmerited favor. You need to understand something. You're the apple of his eye. You don't earn his unmerited favor. His unmerited favor is unearned. You can't earn it. You've got it automatically. Amen? Praise God. When you look back, you will see God's hand in your life. It's, uh, if it's peace you need, if it's understanding you need, if it's his presence you need, if you need an answer, go to the sanctuary and seek Jesus. Go to the sanctuary and seek the Lord. Uh, Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For 2 Corinthians 4 and 18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but of the things which are not seen, for the things which are, are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And last scripture I'm going to read, I had a lot more, but 1 first, first John 3, verse 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we shall know that when he, we, we shall know, I'm sorry, flip page too early, when we, shall, uh, when we shall appear, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Would you stand with me today? Asaph almost missed it. He was focusing on all the wrong things. We don't deny the battles. We don't de not deny the trouble. We don't deny the difficulty and the pain. There's some of you here today that are in incredible pain. I'm not just talking physical pain, although that might be the case. Where it's almost as if your soul hurts. Down deep in your soul it hurts. In the Old Testament, when 450 prophets of Baal could not get an answer from their God, Elijah prayed a simple prayer and God showed up. Did you hear what this preacher said? 450 prophets of Baal, they cut themselves. From early in the morning until late in the evening, they cut themselves and they ranted and they raved. And they just went from 
crazy to crazier. They went from just doing incredible things to somehow get an answer from their God. And it came time Elijah rebuilt the altar. And just so they understood that there was no matches up his sleeve, no lighter up his sleeve. He had water, buckets of water poured on the sacrifice, poured on the altar. He simply said, and I, I know I don't have it right, but he simply said, God, if you're God, then consume the sacrifice. And the fire came down and consumed the sacrifice and the water that filled the trenches. He, he came down with a simple prayer. So I met many, I met many of you that have been there. And I've been there as well. My feet almost slipped. And if that's you this morning, then this is a great place to talk to him. This altar's open. And if you're like Asaph, if you're willing to admit for a few moments this morning, I, I, I almost slipped. This altar's open for somebody that just wants to pour out your complaint before God. See, what we got to do is we have to get past our complaint. Yes, we should pour it out to the Lord, but sometimes we need to just get past it and start to worship Him. And so this altar is open for somebody that just wants to talk to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Wants to present it to Him and say, God, here I am. I had to push myself to come to the house of God this morning. I had to push myself out the door. I had to push myself to get here. Now that I'm here, God, I feel your presence. Sometimes we just need that fresh presence of God, that sweet fragrance of what God's love and mercy smells like and feels like. That's when you begin to remember how good God is, how awesome He is. For me, when this happens, I, I just try to sit back for a little while and take account of my life and account of what God's done for me. And I begin to think, God, you really have been good to me. There's times when I need to apologize to the Lord. Sorry, God, sorry, I've been focusing on the wrong things. Thank you. These altars are open. Is there anybody else that would like to come? Singers are going to lead us in worship. Anybody want to talk to him? Anybody want to bring yourself before the altar today? Say, Jesus, I'm here. I think there's somebody else here today that needs to be at this altar. 
as a testimony to yourself and a testimony to God as a testimony to the enemy of your soul. I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. God bless you as you come. Come and help pray. 